It's been a long time coming, but the moment is here. Are you ready for magic and wonder? For time spent with friends and family, are you ready for Christmas? When dreams of sugar plum fairies and dancing bears come to life, and toy soldiers and ragdolls delight us all, from the moment you get your tickets until the show begins, you're ready for Christmas. The Christmas Spectacular starring the Radio City Rockettes presented by Chase returns this holiday season now through January 2nd. Get your tickets at rockettes.com today. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. Welcome to the Word of Mom Media Network and Word of Mom Radio. Good evening, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Hello, to hello. How you doing, Gladiator Guru? Uh, good, good, good. Drinking some green tea with my sweater on because I'm cold. You're cold and because where? Where are you? Uh, State, California. We're in Los Angeles, California. Um, but it's cold. It's low 43. And I was just told I've been in Florida too long that my blood has thinned. That's what everybody tells me. <laughs> no, listen, that's, that's, no, 43 is cold. What the hell? And I don't think that's seasonable for there. Is that seasonable? I don't know, but it's been like, remember, it's been like this, uh, and here, shy, like five days of a month. And it's been pretty much like this the whole time I was here. Yeah, I didn't think it gets that cold this time of the year. I mean, I know um, LA's not as hot as San Diego, but but still, you know, that's that's pretty low. And then what is what's the top during the day? Um, it if you're out in the sun, like um, today's thing was the high was sixty four. Okay, mm-hmm. that's still that's kind of low, I think, but. Anyway, so welcome to Viva Moms After Dark. It is December. Oh, my goodness. What do we got, like, two weeks left? The Badass Buddha, Lori Monaco, call, uh, coming to you from Southern Connecticut. And Gladiator Guru is coming to you from La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> the jet setter that you are. My God. It's like where in the world is. Carmen San Diego. It's where the world is. Gladiator Guru. <laughs> I know. And then I'll be in Connecticut next week, so for the holidays. And then what's what's set on your sites for twenty twenty two? You're also traveling in twenty twenty two as well, correct? Yes, God willing, in May I'll be doing my Camino Santiago through Spain. And then in September, God willing is the world is still as is. I'll be in Dubai. Wow. That's very cool. That's amazing. Very, very cool. Yeah. And we are on with our lovely, fabulous producer, Dory DiCarlo. Dory, you all set for the holidays? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's quiet. You know, everybody's uh, still doing their thing. People are still being cautious. But uh, my immediate family, as long as I'm with my grandkids, 
you know, and of course my children. I won't. I will only be with two out of the three of them. So, but I'll take what I can get. But you'll be with your grandkids, um, though, correct? Oh, of course. I actually have yeah. Edie sleeping inside right now. I've had her since Wednesday. So <laughs> it's like hog heaven for me. And then Danny was here earlier. So they she was asleep at 526, and he was asleep about 5 after 6 at his house. His mom texted me. She was like, I don't know what you did, but he is passed out. I was like, put him to bed. He's three and a half, but you know what? He's 43 months old. He's still a baby. Put him to bed. I exhausted him. <laughs> I had them out on the ball field. <laughs> and, and I got to give, I gotta give you credit because you're not exhausted. <laughs> you know, I have always been one of those people. I sleep when I sleep. I sleep like a stone. Uh, when I don't have something to do, I can go to bed 10, 10, 30, but I could stay up and walk, work till three or four o'clock in the morning, still be up at six 30 and just wake up the way I always wake up. So I, I'm very lucky that way. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, that's yes. not me. I don't have that luck, unfortunately. I, <laughs> I, I know yeah. when I when I when I'm really up on my diet, like when I'm when I'm eating everything solidly that I should be, and not picking here and there on the stuff that I'm not supposed to, I sleep beautifully. But um, but lately, and plus I've had so much going on that um, I haven't been sleeping that well. So I get up really early in the morning. So like this morning, I think I've been up since four thirty. So nighttime is not easy for me. Usually I'm I'm asleep by nine thirty ten o'clock. You know, I have to laugh. I I was just saying to my son. I was just saying to my son because I can wake up at like four thirty five o'clock in the morning, and I refuse. I'll go. I'll sleep. But my friend and I are usually walking by quarter to six, so I'll stay in bed till five thirty. And uh, but he jokes. He's like, "Why don't you just get out of bed at four thirty? I was like, "I can't be that lady yet. I can't. I can't." You know, because it's all my friends' moms and stuff. And I mean, I just turned sixty-one, so uh-huh. like, oh no! Please That's don't tell me I'm shifting. <laughs> You're not ready for the blue plate special at uh, at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon for dinner. That's not. You're not there yet. You got, you got like 20, 25 years. I was going to say, I don't think I'll ever get there because, you know, I have a claimed, I've claimed queen age status at this point. I'm staying 17 in my soul. That's it. You know, I, I, Perfect. I just don't see it changing. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. That's the attitude you got to keep. You know, they always said um, it's not the, the number in our age. It's how we allow ourselves to feel. So keep feeling young at heart, baby girl. You know what? I've always said my big brother was born a grandmother. I mean, it just was. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <That's> funny. <laughs> it's the truth. I can say that because, you know, it's not like he's tuning in. Watch, this will be the show he listens to. I'll get the phone call. Thanks, Swimley. <laughs> of course. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, so, yeah, so just a couple of weeks left, and then 
what do we have, three weeks left before the end of the year? I can't believe this year flew by so quickly. It's it's crazy. Like, I mean, I don't know. How about for the both of you, did it seem fast? It seemed so fast for me. Yeah, this year felt like, to me, uh, with so much that happened in my personal life, this one year feels like I don't live three of them. That's how quick it felt for me. Quick and, and, and very emotional. Yeah, it was an emotional year for, for you and for a lot of people, I think. I mean, I think we've lost like two years, you know. Um, 2020 was a lost year, and then 2021 went by so fast. So um, that's, you know, that's some of the things that we wanted to talk about, you know, for the show tonight. Um Talk, like reflecting and you know taking stock and taking pause about the year that's that we're almost um at the end of um but you know mm-hmm. before we do that we do want to make mention that um this is our last show with um word of mom radio and we were really really grateful for dory for this opportunity and we're just we're gonna we're looking at it as like we're taking a break um we just sort of need to, I don't know, just kind of take a step back for a moment. And and um, it's been a really challenging year for both Gladiator Guru and I. Uh, all for, you know, we both have different reasons, but, um, but it has been. And as we reflected on the year and looked at, you know, business and personal lives and what was working and what wasn't and what was challenging and what was easy and Nothing in life is always that's great is necessarily easy, but it doesn't have to be. Um, we don't have to make things more challenging than they need to be. But um, but this was a challenging year for both of us, and um, but we do want to really take Dory because um, you know she she gave us this platform, and and we've had a good time. We've had some really really great conversations. We've had some really great guests, and. You know, so this has been—it's been a lot of fun. But it's been a fun year. Um, it's—it's it's one of the highlights of the year for for a lot of low points, wouldn't you say, Gladiator Guru? We had a lot of low points, um, and then there were high points too. But this was one of the high points. Yeah, and even in the low points, like in the beginning of the year, losing my mom, I gained so much after that, you know, I gained so much understanding of her and realized that my love did run deeper than I ever thought it would. So there's been a lot of, but this, this is when they say, oh, this year has been like a roller coaster. This, I can relate this year to a roller coaster. Being on Viva Moms After Dark was a great opportunity. Thank you, Dory, for always being there and having our guests come in with out of hitch and and just just being there for us, being our friends. So we greatly appreciate that. Um, oh, you know, it's, it's been my followers. pleasure. You know, it really mm-hmm. has. You know, for, for us here at Word of Mom, you know, we're we're getting ready to start our 10th year in March. And oh, my God. The show, wow. yeah, the show began with me, you know, just trying to give women a voice. And then Janice Clark, and then Cena Block joined us, and then Ingrid Pruer, and Melissa Patton, and Renee Sullivan, and, you know, Tracy Timmons, and Ellen, um, oh my gosh, Ferranti, and, 
you know, all of these different, I love that we have this wonderful rotating platform and we'll have shows that come in like you guys did for six months or we'll have shows that come in for six months but do two shows a month or a year with us or two years with us or six weeks. You know, different segments and different hosts, and I I really do. I love the rotating platform, and we just moved our wordofmomradio.com to a a new platform that is designed for podcasters. And it's awesome because it imported, when we first started, our last 400 episodes, so all the way back to 2019, and then it'll just continue to load our new episodes in, but it's so cool because this is a place, conversations and guests that you have had on Viva Moms After Dark, those links are live forever. People can tune into those shows five years from now. And even throughout syndication, different shows get featured and things. So we love it. and, And it has been really fun to get to be the Roz in the background for the live <laughs> show. You know, I miss, I miss being live uh, because it's, it is, it just, it's, it's harder to do and it's easier to do all at the same time. So thank you yeah. both for bringing your energy to the show and to our archives. You know, you'll be on our featured host page because your shows are right there. So it's kind of cool. 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 I don't know how lively, man. That's sometimes this this hour was hard. Although I would find uh, the energy, but goodness, this I de- definitely not my uh, my awake point. But thank you for saying that lively. That makes me feel good to know that you thought so. Well, I, oh, think no. I, would, I would have to say we have been right. I agree with Dory. I think the energy yeah. has been good. The energy of the no, guests we brought on. Um. So, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about um, 2021 reflections and and why it's so important. Why is it so important to go back and and look upon a year? You know, like we always talk about, you know, especially with coaching, you talk about how it's not a matter of going back and looking at your past. It's looking at your present, your today, um, and focusing on your today for your future. Um, whereas like therapy tends to look at the past, but you know, in order for you to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been to make sure that you don't make the same mistakes and that you don't walk down the same path because that would not be growth. So we do have to look back at our past and in this case would be the year and then reflect upon it to see how we did, you know, how did we do mentally, emotionally, how did we do um, socially and spiritually and you know and you go like month to month you know how was my January how was my February so what we're going to actually start doing this gladiator guru right mm-hmm. we're supposed to do a uh, a free workshop on a Monday night from one of our guests that we had she's offering a free workshop and that's what that's what it's going to start is reflecting on the 2021 so have you started doing your own Yes, Gladiator Guru? Of course, like everything this year, it has begun. Sometimes 
I would start and then I wouldn't I wouldn't see it through. I wasn't ready at some point, but month by month to reflect. I think the beginning of the year, uh, mm-hmm. the January February started off like this is what I'm gonna do. But then there was there was a lot of hindering points in my personal life, and then after March, it's sort of kind of a blur. So I've been revisiting. Um, but it it still comes out with more positives than negatives for me when I do my list of pros and cons. But so how hard or how easy did you find it? Well, I think that's the that's a great point that you made. You know that there was more positives. We're hardwired as humans to just focus a lot on negative. And while it is person to person, some people don't necessarily. But overall, the reason that we do tend as as research, you know shows the reason we tend to think about more negative thoughts or the reason we focus on the negative is they believe it's more survival based. You know, it's like built into us. So it's, it's to just in case for survival so that we could prepare. So when we think about sometimes our year, we tend to think about, Oh, something bad, you know, like it it wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. But then when you actually reflect on it, like when you really take the time, you will tend to see things that, you might have forgotten about. So like you said, that there was more positive and negative. Then, you know, if you've been feeling like there's, there wasn't a lot of positive, that's when you do have to go back and reflect. And um, I don't know. See, I'm in that headspace right now because I've had so many highs and lows and a lot more lows this year that I'm still in that space of thinking that things weren't as great in 2021. Uh, as I believe them to be. So now it's important for me to go back and look at this and really, and, and call myself out on it because I know there was some great things, but I'm more focused on the stuff that didn't work for me or that I need to redo as opposed to saying, okay, well, this worked and this was great. So this is going to be a really important thing for me. I haven't done it yet. I haven't started it yet, but I will be starting it within uh, definitely by Monday, but um the rest of the year. That's why my goal is to do that before end of the year. Well, I I think, yeah, everyone seems to be hardwired on on, on what went wrong. Um, I think when you sit with yourself and you walk down memory lane and you walk down, start heading, heading backwards on, on your recent journeys, it's... Um, Something that I find to be a blessing and a curse is hindsight, right? Because why can't I see this earlier when it mattered or while it was going on? But the true blessing is that um, you're learning it. And it's, it's just like they say, you know, the calm comes after the storm. And sometimes we're so caught up in the middle of something that doesn't taste right, you know, that we, we forget we're not really paying attention until afterwards. And then it could be either or. You get angry with yourself or allowing something to happen, or you sit with yourself and try to understand what happened. And, but, you know, and then that's how you come out winning is why did this happen? Because it's always what's your why, right? But what can I do to make it different or how can I view it that it became a positive in my life? And I think with every pain, um, there's a story, right? 
Do you agree? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And but I but many stay stuck in their pain and they don't wanna understand the whys and they don't wanna learn the hows to get out of it. You know, so but there is a story and you know, stories are beautiful. What whatever it is that they talk about, especially if it's a story that you're the main character. So you gotta you gotta sometimes sit down and read your story. You know, once upon a time. And so at the beginning of 2021, you know, write your story. Let's, let, what if when we're going back to reflect month by month, we don't begin it like that once upon a time? Because there are stories. And not all tales had a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, but it's your story. So to go back, did I learn a lot that would help me moving forward? Yes. Did I suffer a lot that had me kind of stuck in the way? Yes. Did I get in my own way and prevent things from happening as they should have? Absolutely, yes. Oh, yeah, I know. I, oh, God, mm-hmm. I know. I, absolutely. And and I um, I really, you know, it's funny. I, I did not, here's what I didn't expect to happen this year, that I, you know, I had lived with depression for about 30 years and, you know, five and a half years ago or almost five and a half years ago, I like massively got it under control. Like I just evicted it. It was gone. I felt great. I hadn't felt that great ever in my whole life that I could remember. And I was so steadfast. And what I did not expect was it to actually creep back this year. And it was um, not that it got a hold of me, but it, it, it started to. Um, and then I would get it under control, and then it would start to and get it under control. But um, that was something that I did not expect. And and it's important for me to really reflect back because um, oh, I have to I have to look at this and and really figure out what what was the cause, what was the trigger, what was what was I not doing? Um, and it's because I don't I want to make sure that going into the new year or even ending this year, really, that I already start to shift because that's, that, was, that was not okay. Um, it definitely interfered a lot with my personal life, interfered with my business. Um, and I'm not one to stay stuck. I'm like not one to stay stagnant. So that was uh, something interesting that happened. And, and you know, it, what's funny is, I've, you know, you and I spoke about this Gladiator Guru and then the interesting thing is, after speaking with you, um, and then I spoke to, like, two other people, and then all of a sudden, they said the same thing that you said, um, that there must have been a reason that I went back to that place, and that it must be that there's something else that I needed to learn, and it's allowing me to be able to help other people that have dealt with this. And it's funny because you had said that to me, and then within a three-week period or two-week period, two other people said it to me. And so I said, huh, all right. <laughs> that must be the message. Yes, and, and one of the things, let me tell you, one of the things that you and I spoke, and during that conversation, we were both sharing our lows. And I know that my my thing, um, what I labeled, my seasonal sadness, it hit me really hard. It hit me hard, and I cried for, for
for my dad and my husband along with my mom because I didn't cry when my dad died. I didn't cry when my husband died. And then the least person I thought that it would affect me so much opened up for all of that to happen. And so we were sharing where we were at, you know, with the highs and lows. And you said, you know, we we really shouldn't just keep talking about it. And, and I, I, I don't know what it was that I said. And I said, I don't think that it was anything towards negative. I think by sharing what we shared with one another, when we show that vulnerability with one another, because I'm not one for putting up shows. If I'm not feeling good, if I'm feeling good, if I'm feeling down, if something's bothering me, I'm going to light them firecrackers, and I am going to just say it because, because, you know, that's just, and I said a couple days later how speaking about what we spoke about helped open up and clear a lot of the, the fog for me. So it did help in speaking to you. So I'm glad that. You got the message. Sometimes you need to hear from people that are displaced from your personal life. But I think in doing this, this year, 2020, um, I took it and I used it as a creative year for myself. I didn't get bombarded with fear. I didn't worry about who was doing what, what was I kept going on. I kept my house clean. I made sure my eucalyptus burned in my lemongrass. My mom never got the whole 2020. None of us did. So it was it was about Viva started. You know, it was all of that going on. And then 2021 did what it did, right? And I don't know. I think we got, I got laxed. I think I was so strong in 2020 and just not falling like all the people around me was just falling to pieces with all this fear that 2020 was like sit down sit down Mm-mm. Sit yeah. down. <laughs> you know you you used up all your muscles and your strength for last year and I thought I believed that it was going to be better but you know what 2021 did for me though it showed me what I don't where I don't want to be next year what I'm yeah. talking to do, it showed me a lot of who are the people in my circle that no longer need to be in my circle. It yeah, has taught I me agree. so much that it's been kind of scary. 2021 opened my eyes to, to make me realize a lot of the bullshit that goes on around me that had me thinking, why did I tolerate this for so long? Um, it shows me that I have been living too much in the comfortable zone and not the growth zone. Um, it told me to, to just, all of a sudden I gained like certain, um, what, what's that word I want to use when, when, you know, you want to do something, but uh, I allowed things that were for me to, to intimidate me. And that's never been who I was, but I'm glad it did because then it helped me check off the, the added things I put on my list that were unnecessary. Um, 21, um. Open new wounds for me, but help me heal some old scarring. It helped me look at everything with a panoramic view of the people who are in my life. Um, so, yeah, I've learned a lot of things in silence, especially towards the end of this year. Being here in California at my friend's house, you know, it's been exactly what I need. It's been a lot of healing going on in my mind and in my heart. I've been feeding my spirit just what it needed to cultivate that self-trust that I've always had and somewhere along the line between 20. 
phone. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Oh, oh, you're back. blocked out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you said and you probably were just brilliant. 2021. Yes. What did you say? We missed it. At, what, the ending? I mm-hmm. said yeah, you said about... between 2020 and 2021, and then you dropped. Oh, I said it just, I, I think it just elevated me to feel down, allowing me to, to to feel what I was feeling, what I what I have been feeling for the most years, my seasonal sadness, because in order for me to rise, I had to fall, and not fall hard and fall losing anything, just fall from whatever wherever I was trying to maintain that strength. So, and it taught me, it, it gave me a panoramic view of my life, of the people around me that no longer need to be there, of the things that I need to shed that I have somehow picked up along the way from those two years that I never carried before. And all of a sudden I added it to my load. And I noticed it. I'm noticing what I don't need. And I've even questioned how the hell did that get added to my load? Like, where was I when that came on? So it's opened my eyes. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenges. I'm ready not to be intimidated by my own freaking ideas because that's what I found this year too. I decided to do things and then I allowed it to intimidate me, pausing it, prolonging it from coming, from being birthed. So, but then I look at it as, okay, the idea was supposed to have been birthed 2021, but in 2022 is when the realization of it, the reality, is going yes, to be like the boom execution. in right. your face. It's going to be right in your face, and you say, oh, I didn't know she was planning that. Yeah, that's has that happening. Has that ever happened to you before, that you've been intimidated by your own uh, creation, your own? In May of 2020, I decided I was going to to learn everything I needed to learn about roasting coffee. And then I sat on it for eight months before I actually did the research and wrote everything down. Before I told my son, hey, you want to get me this? I want to try this. Before I got all my equipment. Before I roasted my first bag. Eight months after I decided that's what I was going to do. May of 2020. When Viva Café con Leche was born, that was the idea of roasting my own coffee. And so I that wasn't 2021, though. That was, that was 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. But, right, but 2021 was, 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 that's when you started to feel it was 2020? Or, or, because I know 2021 20. was the hardest part for no. you. No. In May, when I said, I'm going to call Lori and ask her to be the, my co-host for Viva Café con Leche was when the same, the same dream started, both of them, the coffee roasting. And I sat on it for eight months, and it wasn't to, to January 2021 that I said, all right, let me see who's going to invest in my little small project. And that's when my son ordered me the coffee roaster and all the utensils, the, the weight and all that, that I needed for it. But it wasn't even then. I still sat on it for a month or two before I started roasting because I was roasting coffee while my mother was alive. So it took me that long to, to move on it, and that's never been me. I've always, listened. if you hear stories about me, believe them. I've always been impulsive and spontaneous. I've always been like, I don't give a shit, let's do this. Let the chips fall where they may, I'll deal with the consequences later. 
so it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. That was how I was. So when all this started, like, I was trying to be so strong in 2020 and, and make sure that everybody in my household was okay and that my mother was safe from all these viruses that I went above and beyond, which was exhausting for me because 2021, like, really knocked me on my ass with the, let's start from level one again. But to me, it, it was all, everything played out as it should have. It was mucked up. It's been written. So I really, looking back, when you first told me, let's reflect, what I got out of it was there was nothing I did wrong for 2021 because this was how the play was written for me. So I have no regrets on how 2021 played out. I'm just looking well, forward no, to 2022. I mean, regrets, regrets are stupid. I mean, they really, they re- regrets. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and judge and say like no, somebody's bad if they regret. I mean, but what I mean no, is no. that regrets are, are wasteful anyway because you, when you regret, that means you just wallow in what it is. And so that's great that you said that because I, w- I was not at that place and still am not fully out of it. Um, you know, I, I, that's why I do want to do the reflection because I want to get past that piece. I don't want to regret um, and, and uh, what, ruminate, you know, because that's the headspace that I've been in, it, but in and out um, because things didn't go the way I'd wanted to. And I believe you are so correct. I think that 2020 was such, uh, I, I had the same type of 2020 you did. Um, I mm-hmm. went with no fear. I did what I needed to do. It, there was a lot of growth. There was a lot of creation. Um, I went with the flow. And I had so much going on. I mean, I was take, helping my daughter's school at home uh, from the spring of 2020 into the fall of 2020. and I was making it happen. I was so busy. Um, I was stressed. It's not like I wasn't, but I was handling it. I, well, maybe not all the time. You'd have to ask my little one if I was handling it or not. But <laughs> I was I was getting shit done. That's Let's put it that way. Like I, I had so much to do, and I was getting it done. And then 2021 rolled around, and I think that's what happened to me as well. It was like I mentally, emotionally, physically – I got tired and I crashed, you know, like I didn't have the energy left anymore. And I, it's, I started to feel it sinking a little bit and then finally got my little one to go back to school physically um, right at the end of the year. Like she literally went back the last six weeks. And I thought, oh, this is great because I'm thinking over here, I got six weeks that I can uh, get a little break from not having this to, to play teacher. Um, but I think at that point, the the fatigue had already set in. And what I thought that I would have um, the time to do things, next thing I know, the six weeks passed. And I, I was not any, like, much further along than I had thought I would be. Um, you know, it's funny. Sometimes, right, when you have a lot of stuff to do, you're more efficient, Right? Do you find this to be true? When you have so much on your plate, it's stressful, but, you, but you're able to get more done. But then if you have a little too much time on your hands, you sort of slack off a little bit. Do you do that? I, I know I do that. I can, I can I easily we, become I, complacent. Yes. I think, um, I think it's because we're so busy being busy. And when we're always busy, then we don't know what to do with ourselves. And we have time because in being busy, we're avoiding ourselves because we're so entregada. We're so 
focus on, on what what we have to do outward. So then when we don't have all that work, now it's just us. It's me sitting with myself and who, what the hell am I supposed to do with myself? And then the complacency comes in because we don't want to deal with it until we're busy again. And you know what? In those moments, we do, you know, hey, Margarita, what's going on? What's going on? And I was feeling, even uh, when we spoke, I was here in California. And what did I say a couple of days later? Thank you for that conversation because it's like, ah, I woke up. Like, I showed up out of nowhere, like slut magic. And I was like, hello. And... And everything started being, I started being okay, even with, and I really didn't speak with anybody while I've been here. I haven't caught, really, not, no one. Today was my sister's birthday, and I called her. She was in the shower. I never called her back. Um, I'm okay with that because, again, 2021 um, has taught me so much about, the baggage I don't need going into 2022, and and I'm so okay with that, and I'm going to love life, and I'm going to love the people in my life, and I'm going to always be willing to lift another woman up in anything that she has going on, even though it doesn't match what I have going on, and it's, it's about lifting myself and lifting the ones around me, but focusing, focusing, because as Mary Kay taught me, First, it is God, myself, and then everybody else. And I'm going to live that mantra in 2022. I'm not going to be Captain Stablehole. I'm not going to, if I can't show up, I'm not going to show up. But I, I want to be available for lunch with people. I want to, I want that type of environment. I want to feed my spirit to the point where it's going to overflow. And I am going to build my bank account. That's what 2022 is going to be about. Yes, I, and, by, I agree. and by doing that, I have to do what I love. I have to, I have to open my business and all of this stuff that I'm working on from now. And it's going to be on. I will be there for you, um, but I can't do it between these hours. And that's what I got to do. I got to make myself a priority. Yeah, yes. I have to realize that I am a priority in my life. I'm going to take myself out on dates. I'm going to remind mm-hmm. myself how beautiful my spirit is. I'm going to to brag about myself. We don't brag about ourselves too much. And not even brag in that sense of the word, because that word always sounds ugly. But I am going to market myself in a way to let you know, listen, if you need a life coach, I'm one of the best ones out there. In those exact words, Dory, when Dory is going to say my show is one of the best ones out there, because according to her and you and I that have been on this show and all the guests, this is the best show. I don't care what my competition is doing. That's not my business. This this coming year, Badass Buddha and Dory, it's about saying I have. You know what? You want a good book to read? Let me recommend some for you. And yes, they will be the books that have my names in it. And mm. my my I just got um word today that um Republic Audio Audio Republic I can't even um remember the name correctly, has just accepted my audio book for Soul Searching for Peace and it will be on seventy platforms worldwide by the holidays. I'm excited. Nice. 
That's okay? fantastic. Good for and, you. But have you heard me say anything about it? And so today I was like, you know what? And so when you and I spoke, that's why I said this is what we got we to talk about. We have to light that light bulb and say, you know what? I'm the best wedding officiant that you're going to hire this year because that's, that's such a side hustle that I could be making money building my savings account is be, with my wedding efficiency. I'm an ordained minister. I can baptize you. I can speak at your funeral, and I can have you tie the knot. You know, and I'm not selling that. When I go back this new year, I'm going to connect with hospice, and I'm going to connect with the VA, and I'm going to say I am an end-of-life doula. If anybody needs my services, here is my flyer with my, my charges on it, with my fees on it. Why? Because I know that when I do something, I am the best at it. I am the best at what I do, and I'm going to start marketing that. And that's what we need to do for 2022. 2021, Lori, we sat our asses down on who we are. No yes. much. Yes. Right. Yes. And and one thing that I definitely, it's, it's so funny, I, I recommend this to my clients. So do as I say, not as I do kind of deal, I suppose, right? And And so I got so caught up in the funk of this year. Um, one of the things I always recommend to clients is to is to do a daily reflection. So at the end of your day, you reflect on your day. How did it go? What, what were the what was the highs? What were the lows? What was what was great about it? What was what was challenging or bad about it? I don't really care if they use the word bad. And then what can I do differently tomorrow for the stuff that was challenging or bad? Um, what would I do differently? And what did I learn? Right. And so that I tell them to do daily reflections and then do a monthly reflection, like go over the month. How was the month? Sometimes I'll tell them to do a weekly reflection. Um, so they would do a daily, a weekly, and a monthly. And when I started to see myself thinking, I should have, I'm going to shit on myself, okay? Because um, sometimes we have to shit on ourselves. I, I'm, I should have stopped and reflected. I should have said, okay, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this was just so bad. This was so lousy, blah, blah, blah. But I should have stopped, <clears throat> took a pause, and then reflected and said, okay, well, let me look at the last week. Let me look at the last two, three, four weeks. How bad was it really? Maybe it was bad. You know, that's the thing. Maybe it was bad. And if it was, why was it bad? What happened? What, where did I fall short? Where did, what do I need to improve so that I could have improved for the next month, you know, or for for the the near future, right? And I didn't do that. And instead, I kept each month would pass, and then the next month I would go in with that mindset um, and that lack. And then I would start to, and I would feel lousy going into the next month, secret, you know, hoping that it was going to be better, but secretly believing that it was just going to probably be as bad as it was. And it just kept setting it up for failure. And so looking at that, at that now, it's like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. It's like, wh- why was I doing that? When I hadn't done that in five years, like I had never in the five years, if I had a bad moment, I would reflect upon it like immediately. So I think you're right. I, and I'm sorry, my throat was getting very dry, but I think 2021 was, the year that the exhaustion year it, it caught up with me. I had to stop 
I didn't stop. In fact, I took on a lot more stuff this year, um, and 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 I started to push myself in directions that I wasn't ready for. You know, a lot of times we'll say, especially with coaching, you know, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to step out of that comfort zone. There's being uncomfortable, and then there's <coughs> excuse me, unnecessary uncomfortableness, I guess. And you have to be very clear on what it is that you want, what your purpose is, what it is that you want in your life. That clarity is important because that when you then when you have that clarity and you have to get uncomfortable, like you're, you're, you say, okay, this is my next step. Oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. That is different when you're stepping into that discomfort as opposed to stepping into discomfort with no clarity. And that's what happened to me this year. My clarity got very cloudy. Um, I, I lost sight of a lot of things that I was working on. I became less passionate about the things that I had been passionately working on for the last five years. And I was finding that the things that normally brought me joy didn't bring me joy. And it's not that I gave up on them and I said, forget this. It's just I kept doing it. But I didn't reflect back and say, why am I not finding the joy? Why, or why am I not feeling joyful with this? What changed? This, this, this is giving me joy six months ago. Why, why is it no longer? And, again, I, I, because I lost my clarity, um, when we are not clear, we are able to be manipulated more, pushed into a direction that we don't really want to go more. Um, that's why I, I – and I got to tell you, so now I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm stewing in my head, I'm thinking – the lessons learned for 2021 and how is that going to affect me as a, as a entrepreneur and as a coach is you to get uncomfortable, you have to really decipher, are you uncomfortable because that's because it's something new and you're just fearful of it? Or is it uncomfortable because your gut is telling you that is not where you need to be. And you have to be able to distinguish that. And that's, that's a, that was a big key player for me this year. Hey, I love this conversation. Like, I'm actually reflecting as we're talking. How's that? Uh, I love it, too. And what you said, last part you just said is it. Um, the last part you said about being uncomfortable. And, yeah, you were busy this year with, with a lot of things. I took some time off. And the thing I did was for three months while being in my house, I didn't even want to go out to the store. I would tell my niece to go pick up the stuff for me. Um, so I I stood still and removing myself from the house and coming here for these three weeks um, helped give me clarity. And I think it's just that, that we know what we have to do, but sometimes we just don't get have the energy to do it. Sometimes the comfort of being where we're at kept us there, kept you going in the same circle that you were going in. And a lot of things happened to you too, family-wise. I think that um, we're ready. And even if we don't feel 100%, we're still, even at 1% feeling that we're ready, we have to take the lunch and just do it. And then things will fall into place. See, I'm not a planner. I don't need to dot all my eyes and cross my teeth before I move forward to do something. Um, 
And then as I'm doing it, and then I'll, I'll realize what I need. That doesn't work all the time for everybody, but it's, it's, I'm okay with that. Now, these last three weeks, I have put so much into play of what I'm doing in the month I'm going to start doing it in January and February that I am so proud of myself. And I'm talking about just in the last week alone. That's fantastic. Thank you. And so when we start that on ourselves and we don't try to live our lives according to what everyone else is doing or how everyone else is moving forward with their plans, that's the one thing that needs to be removed from each individual's life. I don't care what the other people I know are doing at this point. I don't, that's not my business. I'm happy for them. I wish them all the luck in the world. My pace is my pace. And that's what takes us out of our own loop sometimes is when we're saying, well, I should be here because so many other people are there. And once you say no, because their journey is not my journey. Could I have been further? Hell yeah. But was it going to have as much meaning as it? No, because I had to go through what I went through this year to put me on my step where I begin next year. Do you understand that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But see, so there was but, really but no wrong. Too, but you too, I mean, that you, you had, you had, you were playing a role this year. That you, that you, you had, you were playing the caregiver role this year, and then that role ended for you. And because you had been so dedicated to that, and still managing to do other things that you wanted to do for your business, enjoyed doing in general, you were balancing it. And then when that role was taken away from you, um, it threw you off your game a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've known you for, I think, four years now, and I have never seen you like that before. And and I haven't known you in the in the depths that other people have known you, and they were really taken back by what, how thrown off you were this year. And even you were thrown off at, uh, uh, how you were this year. You know, you said it to me. You verbalized it in yeah. times in our conversation. <laughs> Yeah, it's and, like, what am I supposed to be when I grow up? Like, yeah, I mean, I, no, I but totally lost sadness. my stepping. Yeah, yeah, and so, and 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 again, it's that it's that clarity because you know you you have this idea. Okay, this is this is my current, this is my present moment, and it's going along, and then it, that's feeding into the future. But then one one piece of it shifts. And it either wasn't you that you weren't ready for it, or you didn't want to be ready for it, or it's it's not you. You were other, putting other pieces together, and you weren't quite there. Um, so for you, it was a real obvious one. Mine was more insidious. Like mine was, I there wasn't any one particular major thing that occurred that that made me fall into my spiral, but it was it was over a period of time. So insidious means like a slow onset. It's like when we're talking about medical terminology, it's a disease that progresses with a slow onset, but it's steady, you know, and it's, and it sneaks up on you. And then next thing you know, it's like months later, you're like, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, you're, you're working. And it's like, you're, you're, you're trying to move, but one foot is nailed to the floor. 
you're not you're you're working and it seems like you're working seems like you have so much energy and you've got a lot going because like you have said oh you know you had a lot going on you were like you you had um you working hard and had a lot going on but i was not productive like it, that's the that was the the facade like i had so much going on i was working harder not smarter and and i was literally going in a circle and a lot of it was tied to money and i just kept losing money and losing money and losing money thinking that oh if i do this i do that this is going to save me this is going to help me when all i had to do was stop for a moment sit down and and pull the fucking nail out of the out of my foot and ta- and get and detach myself from the floor but i didn't stop like and i still right now i'm looking i'm still kind of looking down on it going wait, am I still, like, am I still connected? Wait, what, what's going on here? The, I mean, I finally started to get to catch on to that. But look, it's December. I didn't really catch on to that until this month, like this last, literally like the end of November, the beginning of December. And I'm licking my wounds still. So my goal is to be healed up by January 2022 and be ready to run on that foot. No more nailing myself to the to the floor. That in that <laughs> gross, but brutal. But yeah. But I believe that there are no coincidences in this world. I believe in destiny. <clears throat> I believe that everything happens as it should. That's why that word maktab is just so important to me because things are written. Um, and we do make time for the things we want. You know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And it's about waking ourselves up and, and realizing, okay, how many signs am I going to need before I get it? Or, you know, the signs were always there and I ignored them. But I believe sometimes it's out of our control how things unfold. And it is to teach us a lesson to learn what we're not going to do anymore going forward. Um, so in reflecting, we also should make a list of the things we felt held us back and then read up, check up on it again a day or two later and say, did it really hold me back or was I just unwilling to go the extra step? So your analogy ah. served a great purpose in that because yeah. by saying you felt like one foot was nailed to the ground, well, maybe that heavy load we felt on that foot was us hesitating and moving forward. But in yeah. that hesitation, there was a lesson. So that's what we got to reflect on. What was the lesson? And Oh, yes. I'm, yes, because I'm not going to look at 2021 as something that stole from me. I, I'm not going to look at it as moments of my life that were robbed or taken or, no, I'm going to look at it. Say, Why didn't I do this? Okay, that was on me. Oh, well, this was a little out of my control because this was was there. So it, that's the reflection that I feel I have to write. I have to be very thorough in my reflections when I do sit down and write it. So I am looking forward to that class that we're taking with Lisa because I, I want to really learn how to go and do it because there are going to be a lot of questions i got to ask myself. Okay, so this bothered me. This held me back. But why? Where was I that this happened? Because it always leads back to where were we? And I remember years ago we had a conversation, and you said that um, to be happy, 
happiness is a choice or whatever. But what people fail to recognize that it's the environment that we in, are in at that moment that also takes from that. And sometimes we can't be our full to our full capacity because of the environment we're in or where we place ourselves. Do you remember that conversation? Yes. And you know what's funny? That was talk about a, a, a nice kick in the pants for me. Um, because in the beginning, when I first started coaching, um, I was very big on that, like that you choose to be happy, environment doesn't play, you know, doesn't really have that much effect, and blah, blah, blah. And don't you know that because I started making those statements to people, that that, I got kicked in the tush with that one, um, like maybe six months to a year after I started saying that to a couple of different clients. And, and then had to come to the realization that environment does play a role. Like you can't discount that because I don't care how happy you are, you, the environment does, you know, it can, it can um, affect it. It can affect the frequency of it, the energy of it, you know, because you, uh, you could have happiness at a high energy frequency. I mean, happiness has its own frequency, period. But I feel like that there's are, there are moments where it resonates at a higher frequency and then it's a little bit lower frequency. And environment plays that role. And I think about statements from people who, you know, like some of these writers who were in concentration camps and they said that, you know, they would just go to, their, to this place in their head that they wouldn't, they would not even be there anymore. But listen, that takes a special person, number one. Uh, we're all capable of it, but for that moment in time, they have the ability to do that, and not everybody does. So it is their choice, true enough. But it may not be 24-7. It's just that moment in time. It, it's, and so that they, they just get lost in that moment in time, and they're happy. So, yeah, environment does play a, a big role. And then, but that's again part of the awareness and the reflection is is saying things like that. Like, what is it about? You know, okay, I wasn't that happy. Why did I choose not to be? Was I was I frustrated about something? Was my environment playing a role? Did I, you know, where did I fall short? Where can I fix that? Like, I remember you and I were talking about how. Two people died in your the same bedroom of your house, your bedroom that you sleep in, okay? And while other people could be very weirded out by that, like they, you know, they could be like, oh, my God, I can't live in this house. Like I definitely can't sleep in this bedroom, blah, 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 blah. A lot of people could, could feel that way. You didn't. However, though, you did say that you felt that there was, energetically speaking, the house was not in a great state of energy, like that things were just all over the place, very cluttered, not the way you wanted it. Um, you, you, I remember after your mom had passed away, you, you got out of the house for a little while, and then you came back and you were frustrated because it wasn't set up the way you wanted it to. And then, and you were feeling low. Do you remember that? And then, and then it was just within like a, a, a few days or a couple of weeks, you started to have the energy to, to, rearrange the house the way you wanted it and take things out that you didn't need anymore, didn't serve you. And little by little, you came back. 
and your style came back and it was evident and you would show me like, oh, I did this and I put this here and I have this chair here. And each time it was like, oh my God, so pretty. Oh my God, it's so pretty. As I was watching it transform, you know, and that though, even though it was there, you still were having your bout of not feeling happy, having that sadness. There was, it was still fluttering, even though, like, I kept looking at your space going, damn, I wish I would just drive down there and just, like, stay there for a couple of weeks just because it was so <laughs> relaxing to me. Like, I would look at it and go, oh, my God, I just want to be there right now. But you weren't there yet still, you know. Um, you know, was it that you were choosing to be unhappy, choosing to be sad? I'm not a big fan of either also saying that it's a choice. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's there's a, a group that I – that I hang out with and network with a lot. Um, and there's this gentleman, Edwin um, Idibiri, I, I always pronounce his last name incorrectly. Um, he's done a TED Talk, but he, he runs Happy Neighborhood Projects. It's a networking group that I go with um, a lot. And he says that happiness is a skill. It's not even a choice. It's a skill. Like you, you have to learn how to do it. And, and just like any skill, you have to practice it. You know, so it is a choice. You're going to choose to be happy, but then you have to build on that happiness. And then it, it becomes like anything that you learn in your life. The better you get at it, the better the skill, you know, and, and that makes sense to me. I, I agree with that. I believe that to be true as well. Well, I think um, I just had many years of, concerning my mom and I think that's what knocked me on my ass that's when I in those moments that you speak of was when I finally discovered that the resentment I held for my mom was created when I was a child when when I realized that she never hugged us and never kissed us goodnight and never said I love you and as I grew into this woman into this mother and to this grandmother, I never revisited the whys of that resentment that I, even as I grew into this woman and I was independent and, and I traveled and I did all that, I still didn't like to be around her because that resentment was still front and center, but I never revisited it. And it was after she died that I, that I, I, I did. And I realized that it, it wasn't how I felt for her as an adult. It's just that I never Purge that resentment, that cloud of resentment that just stood there from childhood. And I, I had a lot of inner working to do and without without advising myself that that's what I was doing, so I couldn't even form it into words to describe it. Um, and then I discovered that I would see her. I always considered her to be a certain way and because she cried a lot all the time, especially for her men. And I always looked at her as being weak and pathetic, and that stood with me as well. But when she, I was taking care of her one-on-one, I, I don't think I wanted to accept the fact that I was losing her to dementia now, that the forgiveness took place. And so I said, she's just being manipulative. And then, or I would look at her and not want to accept what was happening to her because I'm like, how is this my mother? How am I? How how did I turn out to be so strong and independent and kick ass? This kick ass bitch, and she was this, and I didn't want to face that fact. 
And then later came the guilt of I yelled at her when I thought she was being manipulative when it was really the demand. So I had to I had to untangle myself from all of that sorrow. That do you and I had to learn how to how to unstitch that tapestry that had been sewn into my soul for so many years. But you know, that's a big thing, Gladiator Guru. I mean you know, I mean, what happened to you it was a, was a big thing, and you know, we've talked about this before. It's um, just for you to have done what you did for your mom, uh, and to come from a place of compassion, considering everything that happened to you. Like nobody would ever look at you and ever deny. Like if you had said, "I never want to talk to my mother again. I could care less what happens to her." Like there, were a, a good majority of people would be like, "Oh, I get it. Like you don't even have to explain. Like just based on what you told me." of what happened in your childhood, I don't blame you. But you chose not to, to take that route. You, you chose to take the route of um, mindfulness, you know. And, um, and I'm going to say to you, and I learned this this year, so this is one of the takeaways for 2021 for me for sure. Um, compassion, when you're, when you're searching, when you're deciding to live a life of compassion, when you're, when you're, because compassion is part of a mindfulness um, uh, mindset. Choosing to live compassionately means that you have to be compassionate to everybody. You have to find compassion, even to the people that you don't believe deserve it, because that's the other piece of mindfulness is if you believe a person doesn't deserve it, then you're judging. And mindfulness practice tells us not to be non-judgmental. So to do that, to be non-judgmental and then to offer compassion, especially when it's to somebody that you know that had, had done, you, done wrong to you or played a role in it is exhausting. So to give compassion when there's still resentment present, it is a um, cognitive, it's, it's cognitive dissonance. So you have a push, a push and pull and it is exhausting. And that could be, now that I'm thinking about it and saying it, that could be also where some of your exhaustion came in from this year is that, that back and forth um, where you knew deep down in your heart that you were nothing but compassionate, like you were a compassionate entity and you gave the best of, your, of yourself to your mom. But that little girl was still within you that was resenting her and then getting mad at the adult woman saying you have no right, you know, not that you have no right, but why would in the world would you be compassionate to this individual when she could not find the compassion for you? And it's not that she couldn't find the compassion for you or your sisters. It's she wasn't capable of it. She herself was broken um, and didn't understand it. So you had to be compassionate for both her and, you know, for, for you and her. And again, exhausting. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes total sense. Um, when, when, because when I first got the phone call that she was sick, and I, it was shortly after my husband died. It was only a couple months. I didn't want to go. I was like, I can't take care of her. But let me tell you one thing: the power of prayer is that I was like, I can't do this. How am I supposed to do this when I don't, you know, like her? Because I've always said I love my mom, I just didn't like her. And I woke up and I said, okay, 
And uh, so in my mind was that I was going to take care of an elderly 73-year-old woman to the best of my capacity. And that's how I started the caregiving for my mom. I looked at her as an elderly woman who needed my assistance until I grew into the daughter role. And that's what allowed me to do that. Now, when, when, when it was brought up to me by my siblings that it was time to put her in a home, my first reaction was, hell no. And it was because I, you know, they were too busy to participate in taking care of her if I had to do something. And that's when I decided to bring her to Florida with me. And I knew that it was going to be difficult because I was going to have nobody to give me a break. It was just going to be me and her all day. And I did it because the love grew, the forgiveness. Um, We had our moments when she would just go off and fall, and then I would yell or I would yell. And, you know, we had, we argued, fuss, and laughed every day. But I think that's where in my today, although I feel the grief and, and the sorrow, I also feel the love. And I'm grateful to myself for learning how to forgive. Totally forgive as, her. As you should be. And, you, yeah. and and because of your compassion, your your connection, you also open that up for your sisters. Yeah. Because because you you got them to become a part of her life as well. And and that was obvious yeah. because of like the pictures that you would show of all of you, all of you together. And, you know, that, that's a big thing, you know, so you, you had, you served your purpose for this, for this year, for last year, you served your purpose for the year before. And I think part of it too, is that this is a new piece for you. You've been a caregiver for so many years. So even though there was like a, a little, what, an eight month time period that you weren't taking care of somebody, between uh, Eric and your mom, something like that, right? Was like something like eight months. What? That, what, what was the? We talked about this. That there was, it was not eight or nine months, right, from when Eric passed away to the time when you actually stepped in to start caring for your mom. There was, yeah, wasn't yeah. it like Eric? Yeah, Eric passed. Actually, my mother died four years and three days after my husband in the same room. <laughs> so. Um, and when he passed away in March, I went to Connecticut in December. That's when I got the call that mommy was in a psych ward. Yeah. So, yeah, it was that. But in between, you know, I was a month and a half in Spain. And then I was in Hong Kong, in Thailand, uh, Indonesia. So, I mean, I, I did get a breather in between, you know. And, again, you know, we we – we always make time for what we must do. And in, and I thank you so much for your words. Thank you so much, Rada Scooter, because that's exactly, I was having a conversation today. Um, and that's exactly what the conclusion came out to be. You know, um, I don't need to feel sad anymore. I made it so that my two sisters flew in the same day that she had her seizure, and they stood with me the whole week, and she took her last breath with all her daughters there. So I did my part. I I completed my assignment from the heavens, and she made her transition in peace. Um, And I had to come to peace with 
how I handled everything. And I think that's what was bringing me into this season of sadness. And I had to be thankful that since the age of, and here I was 52, that I finally allowed myself to cry. <laughs> and ironically, it, the tears came forth, like, with meaning, with feeling, with with that ugly cry face with the woman who caused me to stop crying at six years old. Because everything makes full circle. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful. 2021, I'm, I'm grateful uh, to a lot of it. Um, I'm grateful for you. I mean, we've been hanging tight since May of 2020. Um, yes. I'm grateful to for the understanding we have where we can, like, tell each other things and, and not be butthurt about it and because that's what friendship is. Um, but the development of it, you know, it, it, it has all these twists and turns. And so I think to do the reflection, to learn it, how to do it correctly will help us get it out the way and just start on the next chapter, 2022. What do you think? Yes. Absolutely, because, you know, again, this just this conversation right here is also helping me because it's triggering things. You know, it's, you know, prior to that, I was, I would every single day wake up and think about what I was grateful for or sometime during the day. And 2021, I can tell you, I did not do that regularly. I was not talking about what I was grateful for. The only time I would start thinking about what I was grateful for was when I was in a good mood and it was easy because it's, see, it's always easy to think about what you're grateful for when you're in a great mood. Right. But, but the, the interesting thing is that you need to think about what you're grateful for every day, but especially when you're in those lowest points, those lowest points of your life, when you're in that, that state of um, anger or, or sadness, you have to think about what you're grateful for because that is what can shift you. Because when we're ruminating and we're in that, like just wallowing in that space, that headspace, and we go into that lack of mindset, that scarcity mindset, we just keep going and going. And then we find people to hang out with that we could talk about it with. And that's why like misery loves company. It's the truth. It's like you, you, you resonate towards those people and they resonate towards you and, and it just, it, it instills it. And the only thing that's the disruptor to that is gratitude. And I remember, you know, when I was still going back and forth with my um, trans, you know, transformation, when I was still like, I had my good days and really bad days and, um, when I, I remember being in the midst of a bad day and making sure I still said my gratitude. I said it in the morning. Um, if my day was particularly tough, I would stop and say what I was grateful for. So it works. I know it works. And I failed to do that for myself. I, I Instead of being grateful, I was being um, resentful. I was being angry. Um, I was trying to blame other people. And again, you know, accountability is a huge piece too. I, I, did, I, what, the accountability I never had an issue with. I'm, I could definitely be accountable. Um, there's a, it's, it's like a little bit of a fine line sometimes of taking accountability for certain things. You take accountability for your role, 
there are other people sometimes involved, other situations. And so the accountability can be shared. So we have to be careful about that too. Uh, you know, you have to own what you, you, your choices, what you did. And you do have the right to say, well, you know, I was working with this individual and this happened, or um, this individual said this to me and, um, you know, th- that they played that role. That That's absolutely true. But you could only be accountable to yourself. The only way that you can even remotely get other people to be accountable is you also have to speak up. You have to say what 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 you believe happened, you, your, your version of it, to the individuals involved or about the situation. And that is another place that I fell short this year. I didn't say what I needed to say. I became very fearful, very timid. Um, I didn't want to upset certain people. I didn't want to upset certain situations. And so I stayed quiet and I kept it in, which it festered in me. And then I waited and I waited to take action for certain things and it became very costly for me. And that was, that was something that I used to do years ago, like years ago. And so for that to rear its head back into my life, that really pissed me off because I also thought I was past that piece. So this, you know, it's interesting, 2021 for me, if I'm reflecting, um, really, I, I, there was a lot of behaviors that I thought were no longer present. They snuck back in. They came back again. And this is the reflection is my questions to myself have to be, why? Why did the old me start to come back? What, what was happening? What am I not doing? What, what did I allow? What didn't I allow? Like all these questions need to be answered before the end of the year, as far as I'm concerned. I have to answer all those questions because I, in my head and in my heart, I believe that if I do not answer these questions, if I do not take the time to sit down and take a pause and answer these questions before the end of the year, I will go into 2022 in the same manner I did for this year. And that is not acceptable. So I have to take the time. So that's why I signed myself up for her class, for that workshop, because I figured if I don't put start it myself, like forcibly make the time to do it. And so that was my way of forcibly making the time to get that kick started. And then for the last two weeks of, of the year, I'm going to begin my reflection and I'm done talking. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Um, Yeah. Speaking up for, for oneself is always important. I mean, it's not you who really, Um, that's right. And I think that, um, see when I, when I speak up for myself, I don't worry about who's going to get their feelings hurt. I worry about what the damage I'm going to cause myself, my spirit, by staying quiet and hearing something that does not belong to me just because I'm unaware of how someone else is going to take it. I, right. I'm going to say That's what, what I, I love say. about you. I love that yeah, part I'm of you. I'm going to say what I say, and if you don't understand, then you say, what do you mean by that exactly? And I have no problems breaking it down. 
this is what I said because of this. And um, people will get defensive. Uh, people don't like to hear the truth. Um, who does? I don't like to hear the truth all the time either. Uh, and I'll get defensive. But the thing is that I, I don't. I don't take on anything that I don't have to, especially other people. If it's, it's, I just. So I'm happy that you're you're coming back out of that. But we all sometimes fall into certain things. Like um, recently I just found myself, I'm not going to add my two cents thing. So people have been like, well, Margie, don't you guys want to say absolutely not? Why? Because it's not, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what, what's going on with this or that. So why? I'm not going to waste my breath. I'm not going to spend my energy because I have hands. So that that's one great thing I learned. Um, I learned to put into practice how God. I've always known it. Just was like you know whatever. But I think that um, whatever triggers you've been having in, in the days past or whatever, because you're in a whole different ambiance right now. Your voice is is different. The the plans that you have going forward, they sound like. They're already, they're, it's just waiting for the door. The door's already unlocked. You're just waiting for the door to open so you can cross through. So I'm real happy to hear that. I'm real happy um, that you're making yourself a priority. Uh, sometimes we get so caught up in everything, everything, everything that we forget who we are. We make ourselves to be smaller than, than we would ever dare be. But in our minds, that's where we're at. And, no, we got to, you know what, um, we got to be those Davids. We got to be the Davids. And all those Goliaths, no matter what their size is, get them out of our way. We don't have to trample on people. We just, you know, excuse me, you're in my way, and keep it pushing. And I think that's what 2022 is going to be about. It's going to be about when we fulfill our destiny, when we are preparing to leave a legacy for our children and our grandchildren, it's not about uh, somebody sticking out of the road. It's about paving our own rules, and you know what? We're going to have oppositions. People are going to say, oh, I can't believe you're doing that, or why are you doing that? It's not going to work out, and really, we don't have space for that, and it's about saying, you know what? If I fail, I fail on my own merit, because then I'll rise stronger, and that that's what 2022 is looking like for me, so I just think, let's go and do it, and is Dory still on? Does she want to talk about any reflections she's had? I'm here. You know, um, 2021 was a great year for me in the sense that my grandson turned three, my son and uh, Danny's mommy got finally got married. They had planned on getting married and then had a high risk pregnancy. Then her stepmom got really ill. Then COVID hit. Then all of these things happened. And so they were finally able to get married and Edie turned a year old and for me, I realized that it was time for me to sell off part of my work because the pandemic for me kind of closed my life in a day. And I just realized that the passion that I've always had for safety bags okay. and our clear bags and everything has shifted in my life. And I created these bags to make a difference. And so they serve no one if I don't have the motivation 
to get things going. So it just seems smarter to put them in the hands of people that do. So working on getting that done. So uh, I think the hardest thing for everyone was that 2020 was such an eye-opening experience of just literally having life close in a day and the unrealistic expectations that this would all be over in 2021. And I never had those unrealistic expectations. Yes, I, I agree. I look at science and, you know, Spanish flu, it took two and a half years. And sadly, we have social media and people who think they're experts because they can look something up on Wikipedia. And I wonder what polio would have been like during social media times. So there was a lot of the external for me of the eye-opening seeing how really selfish people can be and refusing to buy a ticket to that dance. I I just simplified my life. I was listening, you know, when you were talking earlier, Margarita, about just eliminating people that no longer serve your life. And realizing, and my brother introduced me to his sponsor once, and this was a good, oh my gosh, 18 years ago, that I'm the only, he, when he introduced me to Jack, he said, this is my sister. The one that I told you is the only person I know who would do something for someone knowing they would never do this for her. And it's not that that has changed in me. But I've realized that there are people that I've always done things for who would never do something in return. And those are the people that it was just time. It was just time to let things go that I cannot change and own what I have, own what I'm responsible for, own what I love to do, and not feel like I have to apologize for choosing what I want over what other people think I should do. So it was a a very good and 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 reflective year for me. Got my coaching certifications because I'd been coaching for years and there weren't any certifications back then. And then with the radio show, I won't bring a coach on unless they are certified because anybody can call themselves a coach. So then thought, well, I need to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> and while I went into lifestyle and business and everything else, mindset was what I really wanted that certification in. Because until you change your mindset, I don't give a rat's ass how much business coaching you go through and everything else. Because if you're constantly telling yourself the same story, no matter how you phrase it, it's the same story. Yep, and that's right. Sh- shifting that mindset, you know, um, it's funny. It's kind of that double-edged sword 
of when you do look back and you get into that reflective mode that very often you can bring yourself down into a place that you don't want to be and it and so it's it again it's that double edged sword so i tend to reflect on i mean you know the lessons i've learned are the lessons i've learned it's life you know we but i you know i look at it that we win or we learn we never win and lose because life is a yep. learning curve <laughs> and so you take what you've learned and you take what again what doesn't serve you and you just get rid of it and for some people that's easier than others you know i know for me i can go down that rabbit hole in a freaking heartbeat where all of a sudden i'll start thinking about something i'll go 20 to 30 seconds in at this point in my life and just be like why am i freaking thinking about that and just stop and decide to think about something else because we've all experienced so much. And again, we can drag ourselves down that space where, oh my gosh, incapacitated. It's like I got out of bed. And for some people, you got out of bed. Good for you. You made it to the right. kitchen table. Be proud of yourself. And no matter what has gone on and when you think you can, you just can't do anything else, you can't take another day, guess what? You're here. You made it. As hard as it's been, you're 100% at making it through it. It may not seem like that, but it's true. You know, and we we do, we beat ourselves up so much about I mean, who the frig would have thought that something like this would go on? I, you know, that I've had people say to my face, you know, I'm not vaccinated. Well, of course you are because you're a Democrat. And it's like, what? What makes you think I'm a Democrat? Well, because I actually give a shit about how other people are treated and things like that. That, that you know, I, I just believe in science. Science is science, and, and I'm not – whatever you do is what you do. But my brother – I'm serious. My brother and I just got into a fight the other day, and believe me, if he were here, I'd have punched the living crap out of him because he literally said to me, oh, you know, you liberals, my body, my choice. I was like, don't freaking finish that sentence. I was like, little brother, I'm telling you right now, do not finish that sentence because you can't sit next to me and get pregnant. And I, I, I'm serious. To ha I, I'd have cold cocked him. I really would have because it was just like, oh, my God. These are the things that it's funny. I have stayed silent for a long time. I do what I have to do. I don't want to, it's not like I don't want to get involved. I'm involved on my own way. I don't need to be involved in a big public 
place. And then I'm feeling like, well, wait a minute. Maybe I need to be in my own way. And so these are these are the things that have gone through me this year. And just feeling like we all have a voice and we need to use the voice. Because as women, I really don't want my daughter and granddaughter to have less rights than I did. I really don't. I lived through this already. You know, you ladies are younger than I am. So, you know, I remember this fight. I have to just fight for my own rights as a woman. And it's ridiculous. When I had my tubes tied after having three healthy kids and having to go through the women, to the women's clinic and having people smacking on the hood of my car, and this was when I was 33 years old, driving through that line of people that were there to judge while I, why I was at a woman's health clinic. So... Absolutely. It's a fight that all women should join. It doesn't have to be about, it is not negative about standing up for, for pro-choice of your body. Seriously, who the freak is not. like, oh, I can't wait to get pregnant so I can have an abortion. You know, I mean, this is the stuff that's just like, what the hell? You know, nobody's pro-abortion. Yeah. People are pro-choice. Imagine saying to a guy, you have to have a vasectomy until you're ready to father the children, be a father to the children that you procreate, or that child support starts at conception, and you're responsible for all the medical bills. There'd be freaking drive-through abortion clinics, and they give you a six-pack on the way out. And, you know? and it, it goes back to it goes back to I've, I've always been um, so choice because I've always it's, and when I was a young girl I studied the the women's suffragette the seventies all of the Roe versus Wade all of that because it is about and I even wrote about it in my book about the American woman and it it is about us having the right for ourselves like why are they making this such an issue now and then they use the word abortion to get all these women to to go against women oh that's awful awful. and to me i tell them sit your ass down and shut up because you don't even know what you're fighting for and so even in in the book and in her badass story my chapter Mm is in detail about the abortion i had from the rape and how nobody needs to even understand why I did that. They would not have to understand that I cannot carry and raise a child of a rapist. And so, and for those that look down on it, for those that haven't even said anything, I give two shits about it. Why? Because I'm right. so choice. And I would defend that to my last breath. And you're absolutely right, Dory. For my daughter, for my daughter-in-law, for my two granddaughters, mm-hmm. I want them to be able to live without anyone looking down on them, even though I'm raising them to be just as a badasses as I am. You know, so if you don't want to, you know, you keep talking, I'm going to punch you in the throat. It's that easy. Hopefully there you go. You know what? Good. That's exactly right. Think of it. You realize there are, there are states in this country where your rapist 
you're now not allowed to have, not only can you not have an abortion, but your rapist has the right to co-parent that child. Yeah, what the hell? The ones where they have the right to marry you. Uh-huh. There's some places where if your rapist apologizes and says that he'll make up to it by marrying you, that the girl has to do it. Uh, it's in another country. But in South Dakota, yeah, if you were raised by your father, your brother, your uncle, you still cannot get an abortion unless it's an endangerment to your life. But you would still have to carry that child. And in South Dakota, the doctors were fighting this. This was back in 2006 for the age Um The doctors, especially the Native American uh, reservations because of the alcoholism, mm-hmm. there were a lot of rapes happening, a lot of incest. And they were fighting it because the doctors would go to jail from it too. And they started back in 2006 in little places like South Dakota because who the hell reads the news about South Dakota? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I'm with you. I'm with you. I I have to join this fight heavily for Anaya and for Savannah, because no one's gonna tell them they can't do whatever they wanted to when it comes to their body and their person. It it puts me out to listen that. to listen to Amy Coney Barrett say how she's a constitutionalist. So you know. In going back in the framework, it's like if you're a freaking constitutionalist, that constitution, you, you wouldn't even have the right to vote. All men were created equal, men, all white men were created equal. That's it. So you want to be a constitutionalist? <laughs> Great. I guess you're out of the Supreme Court because you wouldn't be able to have a job. You know, I mean, I'm serious. It's, it's an amazing thing. And, and, you know, people don't realize it. Again, women in their 30s and and even 40s don't realize that it, until the late 80s, a woman wasn't allowed to get a credit card without her husband's signature. Yeah. A woman yeah, couldn't get a business so loan and stuff. I mean, think about it. Because as women, we had no rights. You know, we've only been able to vote for 100 years. You were talking about the suffragettes. Do you realize what those women went through? I mean, seriously. Uh, what yeah, about the ones that started it and, and didn't, and the ones that started it and di- and died years, decades before mm-hmm. that right changed? But they they were in there for the fight, knowing that it might not even change in their lifetime, and it didn't. That's right. Well, we'll think of Roe v. Wade. You know that woman who went in, her that daughter that she wasn't allowed to abort. That child, you know, eventually found out that she was the landmark case. So I can't even imagine what that is to know that your mom was fighting to abort you. And that while she wasn't able to, she made sure that other women could. You know, those are things that I'll rabbit hole on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder where, where, on what side of the line she ended up being after learning that truth, um, which isn't, it wasn't really about her at that time. You know, right. she came into the world, but it really wasn't. It, it was more of the mom, and that's that's today the sensitivity going on today is outrageous, and that's why we have to stand firm in who we are. Know who we are. When you're asked, who are you? This is who I am. 
this is my this is where my integrity is. I hold myself accountable to my actions, you know, and you know my boundaries. No one will knock them down. And I think if we stay true to who we are with those things, then you know what? Our belief is our belief. And the same way that I want to be respected for my beliefs, I must respect but not judge my other people's beliefs. And that's the kicker, though. That's the kicker is saying, okay, I have to totally remove myself from their belief and not judge, although it's totally different from mine. And that's how we can get things done, too, because it's not about fighting for the, what we us congregating because we all have the same belief, but the same end line is health. It's it's finding a way that works best for you to protect yourself, to protect your family. And I think that that's the bottom line. We need more unity and less division. Right on. You know, thinking, for me, I was really fortunate. I have I got pregnant three times. My name is Dan, Rob, and Courtney. Dan was the diaphragm, Rob was the sponge, and Courtney was the pill. So what's meant to be can't be changed. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, you know, and then I had my tubes tied at 33. I don't believe in abortion for me. I never could have had one. I'd have done the morning after pill. I never could have done. But I can't think of the different friends that I drove and held their hand and took care of them afterwards and they're like, but you don't believe in this. I was like, for me, I'm your friend. Exactly. I'm not here to judge who you are. This is your choice, and I am going to stand by your right to make that choice. Amen. One of the, my favorite things that I ever heard President Biden say was that I'm a Catholic man. Of course I don't, you know, for him, on a personal level, it's a religious issue. And because he's president of the United States, he has no right to force his religious beliefs on our nation. Because constitutionally, there is a separation from church and state. So anytime I hear anybody making a law, talking about law, based on their beliefs, they have no freaking right to bring their personal doctrine into the lives of people in this country. This country was founded on religious freedom. It was part of it. So your religion shouldn't govern what other people do. Because we all have the rights to our own beliefs. You know? Mm -hmm. Same thing with how people reflect. How people, you know, look back on things. You know? For some people, it is that deep, deep dive and really going, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, like Lori was talking about, you know, and being able to really recount it. I love to write, but I go through spurts. And I'll be honest, mm -hmm. I will actually take things out of my journal that I wrote because, like, you know what? I don't ever want to think about that shit again. And I'll rip it out and I'll put it in my box and then I'll burn it. Because it's like, why do I want to reflect on that? I'm glad I got it out when it happened, but not exactly. That's you know, I, 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 that, but that's <laughs> me. You know, I don't expect other people to do that. Everybody deals with things it, the way they deal with things. It's about purging it out of you, whether through conversation, 
or to writing it. And then afterwards, there's no need for it because it's already been taken out. And so that's right. Which How you do that works best for you. I, I try not to keep no negative writings around me. Yeah. And if I do write it in a poem, it's purged. And I share that in my writing because it can help someone else learn how to purge and that it's okay to reflect just so that it can be removed. And that's the whole thing about reflecting so that we don't commit the same errors that we did the year previously. So, yeah, that that, that works. It's how it's worked for me, sure. like I said. Yeah. You know? And that's how, but that's what it is. That's when you know who the hell you are to say, okay, I've heard so many people who claim to be specialists in this, they want to tell me how to do this. The thing is, the operative word when you're listening to people is to listen and then form your own ideas and opinions of what works for you. Because what works for them isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. But it's listening to it like, oh, okay, I see where they're coming from, but I got to do it this way. And that's the whole learning process is listening and then not adhering to how they did it, but getting an idea of how it's going to work best for you. Did you ever hear of the balance but map? But you have to know who you are. Huh? Did you ever hear of the balance map? Amy yeah. Hilbrick Davis. This was one of our first shows almost 10 years ago. She created this thing called the balance map. And it was a way for you, it was, you know, all these different questions to create the child care balance map for you based on you, your children, your biorhythms, because you can read all these parenting books, but they're just based on that person or case studies that person has done. They're not designed for the specific you and your family. And there were, I don't know, 3 million different algorithms that could be pulled into this. So, you got this wonderful balance map. It has now gone on. She does it in corporations and all these different things. But I always just thought it was so brilliant because it's based on you. It's not someone telling you what you should do. It's someone where you are putting in all the information about you your sleep, your this, all of your kids, your family, and now it's helping you see you're really strong in what your kids and, and partner excel in, and then not the things that, you're, that you suck at, but what would you like to change? What would, you know, how can you grow in these other aspects? It was all done in an incredibly positive way to reinforce again what you what your strengths are and then not smash you for your weaknesses but help you see how to strengthen the other things that you might feel need to be strengthened and you know as a therapist and and as coaches any coach that's going to tell you any therapist that's going to tell you what to do Man, you need a new coach or therapist because it's not their job to tell <laughs> you what to the do. Truth. 
It's their job to get you to talk to yourself enough and to them enough that you hear what you need to do. Yeah. And you realize it. You know, that's the only way change happens. Because anybody can tell you whatever you want. And until you tell yourself what you you want. Is to give you tools, to give you insight, and for you to take that information and to apply it to you specifically. Yeah. And then help you You be accountable to it. We were talking earlier about the fact that, you know, there's only a few weeks left. And so people are starting to think of their New Year's resolutions and all of these things. And we put so much pressure on ourselves that the new year is coming and now we have to do all these things. And just be realistic. Just set goals for yourself on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis that are measurable for you. Don't measure yourself against somebody else. And, you know, her goals are more important than mine. No, everybody's goals are important for you. Goal for yourself is what is important. You know? So just be kind. We've had a tough couple of years. You know, so much of our life has been redefined and changed in ways that we never imagined. That old thing, you know, yeah, we'd avoid it like the plague. I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of people out there that were like, yeah, whatever. You know, so it's just, I don't know. I I think somebody, one of my friends said about 2022, it's like, yeah, you know, New Year's Eve. I'm really skeptical this year. (laughs) I'm going to take that thing slow. And you know what? For me, I'm diving in. I'm diving in. But I dive in every day. You know? Exactly. So. It, it, but everything what you said is exactly what Lori and I were talking about. There's no New Year's resolution. It's go at your pace so that you can yeah. in your life. The best productive piece of your life is to go at your pace, but knowing what you're doing. And that that's the one thing that we are taking into account reflect so that you'll know exactly what you want to do in 2022. It's not even like New Year's. It can happen in March. It can happen in May. But just know, you know, have a plan for yourself so that when you do begin, you're not letting yourself down because, oh, I should have had this done by the end of January. Set realistic goals. That's the bottom line. Set realistic goals that fit into your life and then modify your life so that those goals can come to fruition. Right. Because we do. I mean, let's face it. We don't need other people to put pressure on ourselves. We can we can crush our own selves into diamonds. We really can. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. You know? There's a diamond in all of us. Some Some just take have have less weight on them before they shine. And some have to put the weight of the world on them, but sooner or later that diamond will come through one way or the other. You know? Badass Buddha? You want to add anything? You've been quiet. 
Uh oh. Did we put Lori to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Almost. I'm telling you. She's like, no, 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 I'm here. But I'm hanging on. I got six minutes to go. (laughs) I know. What do we have? We have six minutes to go. Is that what you said? No, we have less than that. Yeah, I think we have a little less than that. Oh, six minutes? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am. It's I, I'm fading. I'll I'll admit it. <laughs> oh, but it's been you know what? But this has been this has been a great forum, and it's been um, we really appreciate the fact that you've allowed us the um, the space to just talk about whatever, like whatever we wanted to talk about, whatever the guests wanted to talk about. That you know it, it was said, and we don't even have to all agree. Um, just the idea that we have the platform to say what we want to say and speak, that's, that's huge. You know, it really is because that's what, that's what this country is all about. It's, it's being able to, to, to say it um, and then giving permission to people to um, say what they want to say and, and listen if they want to and listen and then not and don't listen if they don't want to. Right on. I think we all we all have something to say, and I think we got to go back to the and just learn how to respect one another. And you know, I I am an opinionated person. I don't know if any of you have realized that. But, no, um, I would have never. <laughs> I don't see it. And um, and I just learned that you know, if either I don't care or it's not my business anymore to to check someone on something. If it hits home, then, of course, I'm going. But I, I've chosen to battle beautifully, and that's where it's saving my energy and not allowing my rage to come up over something that's insignificant. So I, I've had a lot of um, blessings in that area. And when, just to go back a bit, when we were talking about gratitude, and I think it is in our worst moments where we have to be grateful that we can feel in our worst moment. You know, it, it is in our darkest moments that the light shines the brightest, but we just stay stuck on stupid sometimes. And we've mm-hmm. got to keep looking for that light. There's always, you know, that lighthouse is always lit for us in all our dark moments. And we just got to just from wallowing in that darkness and search for the light because it's always there. It really is. That's why we've gotten so far. That's why, Dory, you can brag about your beautifulness at 61. And I can say, you know what, this is my favorite age. And I just turned 53. And Laura looks beautiful for her age. And she has, you know, a baby because <laughs> her daughter mm-hmm. is so young. And she gets up every day and has to take care of herself, her daughter, and her children. And, you know, I'm not. I, I have my grandbabies every now and again. And I say grandbabies as my oldest is about to turn 19. And, wow. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. And then my little one who's just, she rolls her eyes at you now. Both eyes closes at the same time. And she's one. And so, you know, there's, there's a, I have to keep that fire burning within me. So I have to clear out all that uncertainty or that indecisiveness. I have to clear out the um, allowing anything to intimidate me at this old age that never did while I was younger. And I have to just plant my feet 
very firm in the ground that I walk on and, and the path that I choose to take. And, yeah, there's going to be some resistance. and But I'm going to welcome it all, and I'm going to handle it as it appears. I'm not going to let it sit. There's, there's no room for yeah, allowing it to sit longer than it has to right be. There. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a big piece you know, because when we don't handle it, it gets it gains too much strength, and then it starts to become a, a, a harder thing to to have to battle or to have to deal mm-hmm. with. So I agree with you on that piece. I got to yeah, throw so out, you know, that. my wish for, you know, if I could make a wish for 2020 is that women have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so tired yeah. of seeing women put up posts about, you know, oh, that one's outfit was this, but if it looked, she'd look better if she was wearing heels, you know, when do you ever hear yep. guys talk about each other like that? Oh, Charlie yep, would have looked a lot better you. in that suit if he had a different pair of shoes. You know, these <laughs> are the things. As women, we need to be lifting each other around. You know, there's enough. There is enough to go around. Even though you are the, you are going to wind up making the best coffee out there. I know it. I know you're roasting everything yes, else. Guess what? No matter what you do, you could not make enough coffee for all the coffee drinkers in the world. It's absolutely impossible. So there's mm-hmm. enough. There's enough for you to make what you yeah. need and for others to make what they need. And we can all build each other up. So, you know, as you guys, the two of you wrap up the six months that you've been on Word of Mom, we will Always Twelve months here. Twelve months. We've been on since January. Oh it's wow! Been it's been the whole year. You know, yeah. see yes. how fast yes. it goes. See how fast it goes <laughs> yeah. for me. You know, I'm serious. It really does. Wow. We're always going to be here. We'll always be here. If this is somewhere you want to come back, you know, it it's a wonderful thing to always have wonderful. this opportunity. Thank you. You know, we thank you. We're not going anywhere. You know, like I said, I think it's time to go. It is. We (laughs) got to start wrapping up here. So say your goodbyes, ladies. We thank you so much. And from, and really, we need to say goodbye because it's got to be quick now. So listen, from the badass Buddha, Viva Moms After Dark, remember be you, be real, and be extraordinary, and have a fabulous holiday and 2020 year. Yes, and from the Gladiator Guru, I'd like to say, remember, breathe in the beauty of everything around you and breathe out the bullshit that you no longer need. And happy 2022, mi gente. And we're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. I've loved being your Roz. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Come Bye, back anytime. All right. Take care. See you next year. Bye-bye. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong.